Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For reality. Yeah. <laughs> start a class tomorrow just like sucks man you know i mean i'm like trying to with that but obviously all i can focus on and think about is the total unveiling of our police state in front of our eyes in real time i know it's very strange what's going on i was like obviously if anybody in the chat uh or you know shows up throughout has any questions they want to ask well we're happy to address things if you have anything you want to talk about you know mental health related whatever but, you know, it's been a long I, – I see some other, like – I'm going to be just so snarky and shitty all day today probably. But um, <laughs> I, see, I see some other, like, mental health people, like, posters or, you know, people who, like, they do – like, that's their brand or whatever. And I, I don't know. Obviously, I've never been the strongest at, like, my good bad brain being, like, I'm only going to do mental health stuff or whatever. But, like – and they're just posting like tips about taking care of your brain and, th- and it's like how how i don't know there's one thought that i've been having a lot about like how i've been taught through the general like liberal education system and american sort of system of capitalism how they teach versus like this sort of thing that's been happening over the last couple of years but especially accelerating this last few months and especially accelerating these last like this last week is like really I'm just turn this light on because it's so dark here. Is like really like getting a more like material understanding of the world, and like basically in this that liberal education system thing I was talking about is like I feel like we're kind of taught we're kind of taught to think like history is over, everything's just so atomized. You're an individual. You can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want as long as you do it. Uh, like like you're just this little spec among a lot of other specs like there's no connectivity of cause and effect of like systems of like why things are the way they are they just kind of happened that way it just kind of happened that way that uh the majority of the poor people live there and compared to here there's a highway that goes to the city like that kind of stuff you know and and we really like tend to atomize out like everything that way even like when we think about our like health and stuff there's nothing like holistic about it and i see these other like people who do mental health things some things that i follow you know for different stuff that i i think is helpful um but like their brand is to be like mental health content creators and like they're barely talking about 
politics like or what's or they're being like it's a crazy world out there right now you know what i mean oh God. And, I, can't, I fucking can't handle that yeah and, and i'm just like dude how can you pretend like like that's another thing like it was a it was a common joke when your kids like no politics things you don't talk about the dinner table are politics and sex like that kind of a thing it's like this siloing off and pretending like or like saying like, oh, we have different politics. Don't let politics tear you apart. I'm sorry, dude. Politics is about like who you think is a person or not, what you think people deserve or not, like material realities of life. And the idea that you would just be like, oh, I'm just, you know what? I don't do politics. I don't do fucking politics. Is I mean, everyone I mean, loves to like talk about privilege, it, but like <laughs> moral. It's it's abject moral cowardice to preserve your brand revenue stream it's fucking pathetic well for we sure should, with that for sure with that we unfollow and mute all those people it's <laughs> like you know you don't get to make a living online so if you fuck up that badly people should let you know about it well i also it's feel like pathetic and ridiculous if, if you're a mental health person right and you're and you're like you give mental health tips about self-care and shit like that. Like you're just bad at mental health. If you don't like address the elephant in the room, that's like maybe part of the reason you feel bad and anxious is because your entire society is predicated on this like corrupt, violent, racist state that you benefit from or you don't benefit from. You know what I mean? I, I just, but there's so much, there, there's just, and it's a, so many contributing factors that get in the way of people accepting reality you know and yeah. i think what it boils down to is just the is is the fear of relinquishing these deeply held but really unexamined feelings about your identity mm -hmm. i mean i like just as an example i was on facebook which is a toxic platform can't i go never there. go on go but there. i just figured, you know maybe there are some there are probably some fucking people on there that like just don't get media anywhere else. So I just posted like supercut after supercut of all the police violence that we're seeing yeah. now. And like I just encountered the page with someone who I knew from a while ago who has a spouse who is a police officer. You know, so it's like thin blue line, all this right. shit is on there. I get it. Her husband's a cop. She's, right. you know, I get that. On that page, without irony, are people saying like, I hope he goes out there and cracks some skulls tonight. It's like, yeah. You, how, how is it that you're able to say that without understanding the irony of that statement? Right. You, you know, it's just beyond me. So I think some people aren't able to have hard conversations where they look and think, God, you know what? I'm benefiting from this system. I'm embedded in this system. And even if I think of myself as a good person, being embedded in this system causes me to be part of practices that are not good yeah. they're racist and violent 100 percent. and and it's well, i hate to do this i fucking hate to do this i really do like i i know it's a trope at this point but i bet there were some nazis who went home and were sweet to their families but you know what they were part of the nazi system yeah. which is an evil system but i'm not yeah. equating these violence with the nazi ideology i'm not doing that they're not the same but by looking at extremes, we can kind of walk back to the middle yeah. sometimes. So it just is an indicator that if you are part of a racist, violent system, it's impossible to maintain your objectivity and not be tainted by that. It's just not possible. Yeah. Someone rogue in the chat said there was a sign at the protest yesterday that said, F the police, even your dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
But that's true. It's it's weird because it's like. I mean, Look, let me just say one. Sorry, yeah, I please interrupt. Just say one thing. I know somebody whose father was a Boston police officer who transitioned. Okay, from male to female. So mm -hmm. th this was a police officer who was a Boston, you know, hardcore old school Boston police officer who was trans. So think about that person's right. experience, like what they had to go through. Does that mean they aren't implicated in this right. jeopardy of violence that started with slave patrols and controlling the bodies of working class people who immigrated? Right. No, they're still implicated. It, yeah. Even though there's complexity, they're still implicated. So just let go of this black and white thing. They're still implicated. Yeah, I, dude, this past fucking week. I mean, there's no way to not talk about this. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like, I feel like everything has to change. Like, this, I, I don't know if I got to change the name of my good, the nature of the content. I, I don't know. I'm just like, I feel like, I feel like I've taken the red pill. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm fucking seeing the matrix in this way. Because, okay, here's, here's what I was going to say is like, first of all, pertinent to your thing about the Nazi thing is like, I've talked about this in the pod before because I found this out and like did a whole like brain breather about it. I have Nazis in my family, okay? Like my grandma's uh, uh, on my mom's side. She died. She was murdered when my mom was twelve, so I never knew her or anything like that. And they never caught the killers. And speaking of the police thing, by the way, because I was having this conversation with my mom. My mom still wants to like. My mom's a wonderful woman. Like she worked with a, you know, she works with like a violence. Um, because her mom was murdered, she was like a stand-in. Okay, this is I'm so roundabout. Uh, there's this grip program, guiding rage into power at San Quentin, where like it's with people who are in there for life, and it's like a, a violence rehabilitation program, and you're only eligible if you are a lifer. Uh, but that also it has an amazing rate of like success. People get out after it, like sometimes you know they get paroled, and there's like zero percent recidivism if they've gone through this program. It's really amazing. And uh, part of the thing is eventually they speak to the people who are the families uh, uh, that they victimized, like of the people they've, you know, the violence they committed. And it's like lead up to that, uh, they'll have stand-ins who are, are like people who are also victims of violence, but other ones. And, you know, like and my mom was someone who was teaching yoga at San Quentin periodically and then like got pulled into this other program they met because they found out that her mom had been murdered. And so she was like part of this. So she's wonderful. She's about like rehabilitation of all kinds of people, you know, and she's very much, I think, uncomfortable as I was for a long time with this sort of like a cab attitude with this sort of like these, you know, they're people and that kind of a thing. But um, for me, I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. Uh, so part of this family history that I ended up finding out was her mother's uh, whatever, somewhere back in the line. But like, I think it's her dad or her grandpa um, was fucking straight up a Nazi, you know, like uh, officer or whatever from some kind of wealthy family that had wineries. And his mother-in-law was definitely not was like fairly anti-fascist i guess she was like also like a very like liberal progressive woman in her town like first one to drive a car first one to like smoke cigars and went to college all this stuff and uh would hang out with all the intelligentsia so apparently she was like hiding people from the nazis like in the house and i guess like he came they all like lived in the same big house and so speaking of like what kind of people are nazis when they come home you know things like that which you know 40 percent of cops uh abuse their families like are committed we to that we know of that's reported Ex exactly and uh you know that this fucking nazi came home and like from the front or whatever being like cycled back and found out that there were people being hit in the house and turned in his mother-in-law okay like turned her in she goes to a camp the war ended 
and she survived in the camp. She came home and he survived. They were all just living in the house again together. This guy and his mother-in-law who he turned in in post-war Germany. And you're just like, he ended up drinking himself to death. Basically. He basically drank himself into driving his car off road and crashing. And, uh, which like, I wonder why, I wonder why you'd be so fucking miserable. I wonder why, but like, Anyway, speaking of like these things, it's like, yes, that's the point. Again, the atomization of things, like as if the things that we are part of with our movements with our words, like don't don't matter. Like like as if all that matters is who you feel like inside. And that's absolute bullshit. And it's like, I don't understand if there are because I believe I've met cops who like want to help people who think that's like what they want to do. And if those cops are real, then you and the rest of the fucking people like you have to quit and say, Yo, we are the fucking good apples, and this is fucked. We need to tear the system down and start over. We don't like it either. Like, but they're not doing that. So, <laughs> here's the thing: it's not about individual behavior, and this is where people get so right such a problem. It is not about individual behavior. It is about a culture of violence perpetuated by the institution. That's what it's about. Right. It's not about good or bad apples. It's about a culture of violence and impunity. Right. So just stop talking about that. Like, stop it. Stop talking about your dad and your grandpa who are good people. It doesn't matter at all. No one cares. Right. It doesn't matter. It's about a demonstrable, evidence-based culture of violence and impunity. It needs to change. Yeah. And also- it's not. It, this is where people like when we're making policy when we're thinking about policy it's not about you personally somebody who hurt my family i would personally want them to get the death penalty i don't believe in the death penalty as an institution right because it's impossible to carry out in yes. a way that's not corrupted by injustice and racism so me personally nick if someone like god forbid hurt my mother i would want them personally to be executed personally I'm not an advocate for that policy right. because my personal views and policy views are different things. You have to be regulated enough to separate those things. Otherwise, just shut the fuck up and get out mm. of the conversation because you're not helping. Literally, that's like reactionary. That's the word. Like how reactionary are – that's like the word for anti-progression anti is like – you're basing everything off of your instinctive, stupid reactions. I got to say, it's like the culture of violence, too, is also poorly trained violence. And like I am obviously an advocate for being trained in how violence works because I think being good at violence and confident in it gives you command over your fear response sure. and also or at least familiarity and prevents like I watch these fucking clips of, of cops putting on chokeholds and stuff like that. And you're like, you look like a fucking scared white belt who doesn't know how to hear when someone taps. It's like so crazy. That's what they look like out of control, freaked out. I mean, like when that guy was, I think maybe you posted it or I can't remember. I fucking posted it of the cop on the woman's back. Oh uh, yeah, horrible. Put him in a rear choke with no hooks. It's like people need to learn to build a base and toss that guy over the top because that shit is. Oh yeah, that just... guy. Yeah, that's exactly that guy. He's like so. I mean, we're gonna like criticize the choking technique of the fucking evil Wait, cop, but it, 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 it is true that it doesn't matter know how what much. They're fucking doing. Yeah, it doesn't know what the fuck he's that's doing, what... which means that he there's there's squeezing, there's not stop, like literally like the whole like choke holds are illegal thing is like 
literally the safest thing you can do if you know what you're doing is a, a rear naked choke as like a carotid like wind blood choke if you know what you're doing and you just gently put someone out and then like relax and you have that's like the nicest way to put someone down they have a little nap there's no broken bones there's no concussion you gently lower them to the ground it's like the best way to deal with your drunk uncle at a fucking barbecue but like these cops don't know what the fuck they're doing. Their bodies are so full of fear and you can see it. It's like so embarrassing. This idea that like I was reading somebody, I forgot who posted it. Someone posted a thing about like, you probably know about this kind of stuff. Who's like, has worked in like closed facility, like mental health places and was like, all of our fucking guards don't have weapons. People swing on us. They scream at us. We deescalate. That's what we deal with. That's like, and the fact that cops are just given a fucking gun is so crazy. I worked in community mental health and in inpatient psychiatric units at the VA. People, so you don't get to an inpatient psychiatric unit at the VA unless you right. are a military veteran, okay, with training. Which, by the way, this is the cop show I would like to see. Get rid of cop shows and make them about fucking like social workers at the VA. Damn, that would be okay. a good show. We had, I mean, we had people come in with acute psychosis, had not just inpatient. They're so snowed with medication that, you know, talking about outpatient. We had people come in with acute psychosis with lots of people who had just gotten released from jail or from prison. Get what a guy come in, been in prison for 10 years for a range of violent offenses, come in with like weights in his hands, you know, and never i never ever my hands on anybody because we learned how to and we never called security to have them put their hands on people okay and yeah. by the way i love our security guards at that clinic but i'm not optimistic that they would have been able to physically control somebody okay right, right. never had to do that never we learned how to talk to them learned how to talk to them why the fuck are armed agents of the state putting their hands on people for doing things like selling loose cigarettes it's insane driving without a license those are not violent crimes no one should be putting their hands on people for that Mm -hmm. especially when they're so angry and out of control that they can't regulate themselves when they put their hands on it's just nuts it's it's Nuts. It doesn't make any sense at all. And nobody can make a good faith argument for why we should allow that to keep happening. It's red herring nonsense. Bullshit. I've not heard a single coherent argument about why we allow people to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Someone, uh, by the way, Skella said in the chat, like the ability to take uh, and carry out unjust orders makes you a bad person. I fucking and said she would watch the cop show, the social worker show. I absolutely. Someone said that about like, and I hope Brooklyn Nine Nine does it because the whole Brooklyn Nine Nine cast, like you know, put this like this. By the way, getting back to the seeing the Matrix shit, which is maybe what I'll focus on for today a little bit. I don't know, but like, is like de- decades growing up on cop shows where like cops are just these lovable goofballs doing their best who like, uh, you know, are, are like the thin fucking blue line. We're like the only thing standing between us and just a crazy fucking society. Dude, there's people well, online. Violent anti-heroes, violent anti-heroes. I never want to see another right. again. I don't want to see that movie. I don't want, it's it's dangerous propaganda. I, I don't want to fucking see it. it I, I agree with you. I was thinking like Brooklyn Nine-Nine was like, uh, 
that the whole cast should just like next season because it's an absurdist show anyway. Like they should just all be like post work, post office workers <laughs> or something like that. Like just change it. Just be like we don't. Get, that's what we are now. You know, like it does. It makes no fucking. It's so weird that like we just. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like. <laughs> Is there a woke cop show? Is there a show that like is aware of itself and it's like a I don't know Karate City that we wrote was like kind of like the idea of it was to be like a fantasy of like this silly realm where like it's why I saw 80s and shit was like what if those stupid 80s shows were like woke like what if they were aware of themselves what if it was like you know what I mean like this absolute Dude, fantasy the, of like the Karate Wire cops. is pretty realistic you know what the is? Wire is the realistic. Wire is yes very much I do like the Wire. Anyway, but the best season of The Wire is the fourth season where it's, like, about the education system. Yeah, by far. I mean, but here's the thing. Like, when people, you know, I think we do need law enforcement to do things like prosecute white-collar criminals, collect evidence on figures like fucking Jeffrey Epstein, who's running a pedophile pyramid well, and scheme. The, but the reason that... That's what we need law enforcement to do. Law enforcement needs to be going after people with money and power. Yeah. That's the people who need to be policed. Un- and, and, don't and unfortunately, poorly trained armed agents of the state to go around harassing like mildly deviant behaviors, unviolent, is- mildly deviant behaviors. Right. Don't fucking need people to do that. Go after people with money and power, scrutinize them, police their every oh. move. Not some guy who's trying to work a nine to five fucking job and who's like jaywalking, smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Who well- does that help? Well, who it helps, though, is, like, that's what you realize, is, like, they're the security forces for the people with money. What's that again? It helps the carceral state, is is who it helps. Yes. It it helps the pipeline of the carceral state that feeds people with unaccountable dollars. Dude, my my friend, or actually, I think Ice Cube posted, (laughs) that my friend reposted in our Signal thing, was, like, this list of companies that use uh, prison labor, you know? And it's, like... Ugh, I won't even look. I, I won't go find it right now. It's every fucking company, you know? Obviously, the really evil ones like Raytheon and shit, but it's also like, you know, uh, fucking McDonald's and Starbucks and you know, Walmart. It's like everybody uses fucking Eddie Bauer. I don't know. It's just this list, and it's not a, a near exhaustive list. And it's like, okay, I, Boots Riley, who made, who made that movie, um, Sorry to Bother You, which is a fucking great he's an amazing he's an amazing artist and yes he did this thread that i was like this is the most concise shit i've i've read to explain how things work like that's the most like see the matrix thing i've sent it to like my mom and some people but it's really true that it's like okay like the system is set up to ensure there is crime like under capitalism and how we have it if capitalism if unemployment drops below a certain number like meaning we're getting close to 100% employment, the stock market goes down. Because without a certain amount of unemployment, you can't, like if there's 100% employment, the workers can go, we want $75 an hour because that's what's fair. And no one can fucking tell you no at the top because it's workers, we're 100% employed. So 100% of us will just stop. You have to, you know? It, it means that they can go get another job. It, it, that's that's it. It's, it there's sure. so much demand. All of the demand is... sure up by workers right. so if you don't like how you're being treated and there's a hundred percent employment right there's no slot in the system and you can go find another exactly. job so without the threat of unemployment like there's workers the rights safety. what say that again the shitty safety net that you can't survive on while yeah, exactly you get 
retrained or whatever. So, so basically you have the system that's like ensures we keep a certain pool of unemployed so that there's the threat of you don't have a job anymore, which means you don't have health care, you don't have a house, you're fucked and your family's going to be hungry and that's a wrap. So you have this insured thing for the people at the top to keep wages under control. That means that you have created a system that ensures there are people who will not have legal income, which means that they have to do crime to survive. They have to do illegal business to survive. So if you have a legal business, that means those people in power are going to create a force to try to stop this illegal business. Also, the people who do that illegal business, especially if it doesn't hurt anybody, fucking like selling marijuana, they can't bring a dispute to court. They can't say like, hey, this guy cheated me uh, and gave me like half of what he said for the money, so please get him in trouble with your gang, your fucking people with guns who will go and stop them and tell them what to do. So they have to enforce themselves. So then there's like gang crime. But that shit is bullshit. That's like the same as the cops, but just like without any support from the state. And so you have this and that ensures this, which means you ensure that there will be people to arrest. You will ensure that you have people to go to prison, which then gets into a bigger thing of like, hey, this country was built on slaves, right? This country was built on free labor. That's how it got so like what it is. And guess what they did? They made like there's this thing they said, you know, like the what's the best way to keep slaves is like start paying them, but just enough, you know, like script, like just enough that they can't survive. They have to rely on you for health care. They have to rely on for all this shit. And then pick things like the drug war, nonviolent drug offenses, like just people getting like 20 years for possession of a little bit of marijuana or something like that who are still fucking in jail. And then you can like enforce uh, that, you know, you enforce it on whoever you want. In this case surprise surprise mostly black people and then you let like white kids go and one and then you put them in the fucking system and now you've got your slaves again you've got a fucking free labor like base for for corporations to keep running the same way they've done for hundreds and hundreds of years and it's crazy when you see this i was like if you if you objectively describe the things that the united states does somewhere else in the world like like those things that are like like if we if we were a third world country we would be invading us right now. We would be like, what the fuck are they, they keep, do you know how many of their people they keep in prison and they're mostly black people? And this, like, you know what I mean? And they have the highest per capita incarceration rate in the world. We have incarcerated more black men that now than were enslaved during slavery. So, I mean, these are just facts. These are facts. just, imagine we're preaching to the choir here because I know, I don't know. agree with that. But let me, fucking listen to all that. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's just worth saying. Uh, uh, wait, wait, so I want. I find it really, really disturbing. And well, it's very disturbing. I, and know, I, yeah. well, I just gotta say this because okay, here's the thing I've encountered in the past, and I think is important. Like, okay, because this, I'll bring it to something personal. Okay, it's like fucking finally did it. Finally got uh, a friend, you know, to block me on Twitter yesterday. I, I don't think I've ever been blocked by, I mean, probably have without knowing, but like the first person who I know as a face-to-face person who I've had good times with, who's like a friend, you know, it's been a long time since we've chatted or whatever. And we started, I started realizing like he was reactionary and having weird interactions with him a while ago, but mostly it was more like stupid social stuff. Like people who get inordinately mad about like Instagram models and stuff like that, you know, sort of like vaguely men's rights kind of things. You know what I mean? Like just b- dumb, dumb reactionary shit. We are like, okay. Like, you know, like stuff, stuff about like probably related to like trans things and stuff and wanting to be like stupid about like gender, JK Rowling type shit, you know? 
So that's what yes. kicked it off was I did a dumb tweet about like just how stupid the Jake, like how mind blowing it is that JK Rowling, especially in the midst of all this, but the that you, to die on. I know. That, like that's, that's exactly what I think is so fucking mind blowing is the hill to die on. Like at the very least, if you're going to be a transphobe is like, if you're a fucking billionaire transphobe, like why can't you just let it go? Why can't you just like stop and just go live in your fucking Hogwarts castle and leave it alone? It speaks oh, to such so weird to me. I it, can't understand the mentality. Just leave people alone. It, just leave, leave them alone. people alone. Like if you can't, how do you fucking care? It's so so, so to me. Weird. Yeah, it speaks to, like the brainworms quality of it. Like the true like darkness inside somebody that like they just fucking can't let this go up in their weird tower. And I, and so, so I think it's deep dark obsession and fascination. Like like Lady G, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. why is Lindsey Graham such a homophobe? We're finding out. Yeah, I think I, I'm like always like hesitant about like that kind of shit because I'm just like, it, there, there's this inherent weird like I'm like there's a lot of straight homophobes and it, you don't have to be self-hating gay to be you know what I mean like all that stuff. The fascination, the fascination. It's yes. not that they're secretly gay. It's that there's this fascination and obsession that belies an right. inner uncertainty and discomfort. That's yes. what it is. It's not black and white like. Yeah. Yes. Certainly an inner uncertainty just a hundred percent. Yes. I, and frankly, I think like with JK Rowling, like, you know, she's on record being like, I named myself JK because I didn't think a woman would as good, get as good a, a shape. Like clearly she's got some obsession with this, this notion of this binary that's hurt her as well. Most, most people who are like patriarchal fucking weirdos are like, this hurts me too. That's what I think a lot of it comes from, to be honest, is on some base level, you're like, this hurt me as well. You think it doesn't hurt you? It hurts me too, but I can't deal with that. And I'm stuck with how bad it hurts me. And I had to process it and just say like, you know what? I actually think it's good. I have to accept it and live with this reality because otherwise I'm going to go fucking crazy because it shouldn't be this way. And I can't deal with injustice. So I'm going to stick my fucking head in the sand and say it's good. Stop trying to break my system. It's the only way I know how to deal with reality. Like, I really think that's like what a lot of it is. <sighs> But so, like, the mental health thing is, like, about, like, I'm going to stick my fucking head in the sand. This stuff stresses people out, what we're doing. I recognize that, and sometimes I have to, oh. like, slow down for people and stop. For me, it's such a relief because, like, underneath, I'm like, something feels wrong all the time. I know there's something wrong all the time. I can't explain it. And when I finally have words to explain the system, you have, like, some, like, leftist literature. You have something. You're like, yes. You're like, there's the fucking thing. When you have, like, an answer, when you have, like, a reason – I think it's the same feelings I have about like violence where I'm like, violence is scary. I don't like it. I don't like the fear in my body. I don't like the fear taking over me. I don't like the fact that someone can hurt someone else. I don't like the fact that every dream or memory or poem that you ever had can just be turned off by a fucking idiot who like knows what they're doing. I don't like that. And so to like make myself more comfortable, I learn about it and I feel a little fascinated with it and a little because I'm just like, it gives me something material. It gives me something scientific to get a handle on and then I don't feel so in the dark about it so the same thing about this and I think it's crucial like for the process of like actually we've talked about this before Nick I've been I've been fucking like saying the thing like it's become a new mantra of like how I live my life especially these last few weeks about like establishing your values for yourself that obviously on the micro of like your your mental health of like what kind of person you want to be I don't want to be self which comes to this right I I've, I've gotten better at recognizing when I'm screaming and I don't know I'm not at my at alley I'm like just screaming at somebody with anxiety about like they're fucking cops you know and being able to like slow down like right the kind of person I want to be considerate of the people around me getting better but also like in these times like the kind of person you want to be in times of 
injustice and when you can see it. And I've gotten these conversations too, which I think is also liberal ass bullshit about like atomizing us where it's like, I've, you know, people are like, I'm a white man. You know, why am I so fucking mad at the cops? Why am I scared of the cops? And it's like, dude, I, first of all, I am. First of all, I don't think you understand that I'm, I'm not the kind of white man that cops will like. Like, especially I'm probably in some system now. Probably as soon as they click in my, like, fucking thing, they'll be like, oh, this man posted about Antifa and fuck cops on Twitter and you should definitely give him a ticket and maybe tase him. I'm getting followed by, like, some weird people now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's starting to happen. Which we're going to wrap around to, like, my friend or whatever a second who blocked me. But, like, uh, you know, that – there is no – Okay, so the Nazi thing, having Nazis in my family, and then growing up in a town that was very Jewish. All my my friends are Jewish in seventh grade, like fucking – you went Bar mitzvah season, man. Bar mitzvah season, baby. One to three bar bar mitzvahs every fucking weekend. You just like – things were ground into us. And two things that were ground into us from like third, fourth grade I think was the first time we had like a real Holocaust unit. I remember like leaving the room because of this this – terrible draw they were describing you know they're like the things and there were like little cartoons that people like drew to of like this nazi stepping on a baby and i remember like this weird and i just like it was on a projector you know we're watching this video and i left the room i was like it i still remember it like makes me nauseous i don't know it's weird like uh fourth third fourth grade like they just start educating you about this because there were fucking kids who were my family who like their fucking grandparents didn't make it out or other extended you know family and they grind it into you. They're like, it can happen here. Never forget. That's like a thing. And I felt like so crazy because I'm like, yeah, fucking right. And like all these in the adult, you're like, yeah, fucking right. And then you start seeing some of this shit and you see the rhetoric and you're like, whoa, whoa, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm that's that's in my brain now. And it's like this values thing about well, what, what kind of person you want to be. And so the idea that like the other part of that is like. And then they came for me. That was like a huge thing. It's like they come for the people who are like vulnerable until it's your fucking turn, you know? And and then you're like, there's no one left to stop them because you didn't do anything earlier. You didn't you didn't align. And so like this idea, and then beyond all that, beyond the self-serving interest of it, I I just genuinely I, I don't understand is like how can you feel good when people around you are are the victims of injustice? Like, I, I just don't know how – I because I, I genuinely just don't. It just feels fucking bad to know that, like, there's a system like that out there. And especially if you're benefiting from it. And the idea that you wouldn't Let's also be, be angry because – They're all benefiting from it. They're all y- – Yes. We're all – yes. All. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think sorry, sorry, go ahead. I'll, I don't want to interrupt your flow. No, sorry. I just I, I know I'm like going off today, but I'm just like, no, no. I'm just like this this idea that you like that like it's not your pain to have like that or you're trying to only a fucking privileged white ass person on social media who like is looking for internet social points or some shit would think virtue signaling is like a thing. Would be like, hey, don't take that. That's not your pain to feel. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't fucking care whose pain it is. It's horrible. It's an atrocity going on. This isn't so I can get internet points. It's so we express and say, fuck this. Like, I don't want to live in a world with fucking house elves, you know, with fucking Dobby, fucking JK Rowling. Like, I just don't want to live in that fucking world. How can anybody be okay with that? Um, it's really disturbing. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, I've had like a couple of conversations 
Hopefully not now, but before, because you know, similar to you, I went to like a very, very progressive liberal school. And, you know, I, I just have been like in very liberal institutions my whole life. So you know, talking about white privilege was not like some revelation. You know, we talk, I'm in social work, you know, so we talked about that like when I was a little kid growing up. So I've heard, I've talked to white people, white friends who are like really upset about that idea. Usually it's the white friends who've struggled themselves, you know, who like grew up poor, had to work really hard. Like I, I reject that idea of white privilege because I had to work so hard. Nobody gave me anything. And I'm right. like, yeah, I totally get that. It's not about like things were easy for you. It just means imagine if on top of all of the shit right. you had to go through, all the struggle and work you had to go through, how hard that was for you. Imagine if on top of that, you also had to navigate through systemic racism and daily microaggressions from racist people and yeah. sometimes macroaggressions where you were victimized and the victim of violence or you narrowly escaped that imagine if on top of all your struggle you also had to deal with all of the pervasive ways that racism has infiltrated our daily lives and consciousness imagine that yeah that's what white privilege yeah then people are like oh yeah, Sometimes they're like, oh, and I feel it's the same. so uncomfortable for them that they still can't accept it, you know? I feel the same way about sexism. Uh, like, a same thing. I'm, like, just trying to comprehend doing everything I've done in my life, but then adding being a woman on top of it and how, like, men treat – how I would have treated me, you know, stuff like that. And just being like, fuck. Like, that shit is real. And the idea – I think it's it's really – a lie it's like a weird liberal lie that just ensures status quo remains that when you witness that injustice or start to comprehend that that injustice exists that you go like i'm just gonna back the fuck up and not be part of it like sure don't comfortable don't steal the pulpit don't make it about you or your feelings or how good you are just get in the fight just like don't shut the fuck up don't like don't act like you know what i'm gonna let them deal they need everyone like everyone needs to be part of this. You need to feel the pain of other human beings and believe in it. And don't stop at your borders. I get in an argument with my friend and I'm like in the past, like and not even an argument. Like I agree with him, but like he's like basically about like how Bernie's not left enough. And I fucking agree, you know, and like that social democracy stops at its borders. Like this is a thing that eventually should be across the world. You should see people in other countries that we bomb to take their shit the same fucking way. Like humans are humans. And that sort of like injustice is so atrocious. And like, anyway, so I have a friend this and like, they got, you know, they're like, you know, didn't, I did some stupid Jake Rowling tweet. And then they were like, not stupid. I think it was a good one or whatever. And was like, uh, I know, yeah, I thought it was a totally appropriate. Thanks. Tweet. Thanks. Jared. Just trying to tune in, you know, like again, and they get it. They get on me about like your takes have been shit lately and stuff like that. And and you're just screaming into a void. And I'm like, it's demonstrably untrue that this screaming into a void of Twitter is is that. Like it's demonstrable that people are organizing here, radicalizing each other, getting in touch, sharing these videos that they won't put on mainstream fucking news, and that like we're all learning and showing up in the fucking streets so it's obvious that this virtue signaling isn't just for fucking internet points at least not anymore it's so we know where to go and what to do and that we're not alone in seeing this and that we are vastly outnumber the fascists who want to keep this shit in place and like on top of that the idea of virtue signaling being thrown as a bad word it's like literally i am signaling the virtues i believe in 
And other people go, I agree with that. I'm signaling that too. And now we know that we're all in it together. I'm not talking. I, and, and frankly, also the idea of like, I, this is controversial and I know I would prefer if people had a root change, obviously, and really believed it. But even the performative virtue signaling on some level to me is a win because that means the wind of the status quo is blowing towards the side of justice. And if people who are the wishy-washy like bitch asses in the middle who like don't want to pick a side think the side that's the status quo they should be on is that one, good. Right? Yeah. I agree. I agree. Especially when it's individuals. I think when it's like corporations and powerful actors, we need to hold them accountable beyond that. You know? My favorite um, one I saw was Gushers. It was like Gushers was like Black Lives you. Matter. Black Lives Matter. And I was like, you know what? I actually believe Gushers. <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry. believe Ben and Jerry's, you know? I do believe Ben and Jerry's because they have a history. That's like... Sorry, I keep cutting you off because I'm fucking fired up today. No, I feel the same way. I mean, that that's a statement of support. But, like, I saw some, you know, like, send-up caricature of, like, every white celebrity's statements. And they're just such big platitudes that don't address anything. Like, that type of shit, if you have a giant platform, I think you should be held to a higher standard. But just, like, you know, well, especially normal if you're... fucking people who... I was going to say normal fucking people who are kind of getting pushed along with the flow of things like that's fine. You know, that's where they are. That's fine. Not everybody can be, you know, a vanguard and that's fine. Especially like if you are a company that actively benefits or has benefited from this and isn't going to address that, you know, um, I'm going to share some chat combo. That's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rogue and Ronan are talking. Uh, I feel like fourth grade is too late to start teaching about that. This is a backlog, I think, to the Holocaust and so social injustices should be taught about as soon as possible. Um, that's interesting because I feel like I kind of agree, but I think there's maybe a way to teach just equality and to be like later, be like, here's the violent, horrible things that happened. That, but like you just start with just justice and equality, set a worldview of justice and equality. I went to a private, someone said, uh, oh, Ronan said, I hate that my education basically taught me a lie that we live in a post-racial, post-sexist, post-Nazi society. And that's what I'm talking about. That's I. That's what I feel too. I was like, went to this liberal ass, you know, and it's like, that was the lie that we're taught. That like, you know what? History's over. We did it, baby. Like we fucking uh, I, figured it I out. I didn't, that was not my experience. Like my, all the institutions that I went to, that was not my experience. I mean, Right. I will say, you know, there's a lot of problems with Columbia, but like reading Fanon when you're 19. Dude, you know, I'm that's... about to start reading some Fanon because my buddy's reading Wretched of the Earth. I've never read Wretched of the Earth. I think I've read, you know, I, I'm like oh, not that well read in general. I think I just absorb like sponge information very well from like secondary sources. And I did, I have read Capital uh, or at least listened to a book on tape a few times. Um, but. Yeah, I don't think you need to I don't know. like if you Communist read the Manifesto. Mark, I, but anyway, I want to. I think uh, literature is important. I'd like to be more versed. I mean, the Marx Engels reader, I think, is a good you know, collection of the guy was so prolific that only Marx scholars read all of Marx cover to cover, and it's well, nuts. I mean, you know? well, so, I was just gonna say, dude, maybe maybe we'll talk more about this off air. But I'm like in the in the conversation about like what's important in the world and what are we doing and what do we feel fired up about, like. I don't know. This is this leftist shit. I mean, like, 
I think I'm going to join the SRA officially. Like they're, I just think it's important. They're, when you read their mission statement, you're like, this is a thing I agree with. Because uh, it's about like mutual aid. It's not really just, you know, and it's, and it's about being an anti-reactionary yeah. presence. Whatever. But like also trying to get people like to myself more educated, more like black literature, black revolutionary literature I should read. Like it's just, I don't know. It might be like a little, my, my friends and I are kind of starting a little like mini book club we started talking about. Like my friends reading Wretched of the Earth. I was like, yeah, maybe we should all do, like, let's just do this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Fanon is great. Like I, but you read that, you know, you read Fanon and some fucking the Marx Engels reader when you're 19 and like, puts you on a path you know? yeah well i wish i'd done that i just didn't i was like my i, I sometimes i think it's interesting to think about like what's my personal history of racism or like where we're, we're or social awakening or something like that and i think i always there was something i don't know i went to like a presbyterian church and definitely like the they the it's weird to realize things that leaked in from there that were actually positive like you know like because i would just go to like a Thursday after school program. It was like a place to stash the kids for a little bit. You know what I mean? And like, we'd sing some songs and then you do some, some hanging, playing dodgeball. And like, sometimes there'd be Bible stories. And, but like, for me, the Bible stories like loaves and fishes and overturning the money changer tables and shit like that. Like that fucking leaked into my brain. Also, I realized I was 12 or 13. Like my whole generation of like 30 something men was like, what movies came out then when you were like your most formative? It's like Fight Club in the Matrix. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like, okay. And then, uh, you know, about like who's your true self and having an alternate identity and like that there's this system in play. I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. And then, um, and then I was like martial arts, frankly. Like I grew up in these like very white suburbs that were like well-to-do and things like that. And, you know, I started going down to the city when I was like 15 or 16 uh, to do martial arts and I was doing like Kung Fu mostly and at Kung Fu there was like black guys and Mexican guys and El Salvadorian guys Filipino guys and white kids like me and it was like you all just fought each other and hung out and like ate pizza and shit and like you know Thursdays my Thursday routine was like we do jujitsu in the afternoon because the advanced students some of them wanted to do MMA so like when I was like young I was like I would go down and do this jujitsu private MMA class we'd go across the street and eat pizza wait till we could train in the evening and then go do Kung Fu together and I'm like Frankly, like just having friends from different backgrounds is like, I don't know if there's a way to stop racism besides that, like, or to like, you know, that is the evidence based a to halt racist practices for people to be not just like, oh, I say hi to this guy at work, but like been to their house. Yeah. They've been to your house. You know, you have like, you've had like a sleepover. That's not like, not like, oh, I, I you know, I say good morning. You know? That's, that ain't it. Yeah. Um, I think without that, how, how could you, I mean, it makes sense, right? Without that, how could you fight back against the incessant racist cultural messaging that you're getting? I mean, right. I don't blame, you know, I, I get it. It doesn't make you a bad person. That's, it's like, what, that's what I said. So insidious to begin with, and there's a you know if you just spend two minutes googling, I'll I'll find it actually. And we can mm -hmm. put it in the drive. But there's an implicit bias test that you can take. That it's a study run by Harvard. Just go online. You mm -hmm. can take it. See your own implicit biases, and uh, that shit. You know, it's real, man. It's real. When like, I yeah, I used to, I was I was like realized I was like you know prior to that the like there were you know there were some like 
you know, kids of color and stuff in my high school and stuff like that. But like there was a pretty segregated community. Like I said, a lot of Jewish kids. But like other than that, it was like the most exposure you'd have people of color is like fucking cops. You're like watching cops, you know, and it's like, how can that fucking shit not leak in and affect even if you're the most like I see people as and I would say also I think that like I don't see color thing was probably closer to like what oh. I was raised to think again, what Roman oh, no. said, the like post racial society. Yeah. Well, and, and I think I it's, it's you, you, I think even well-meaning people you're taught kind of like we were taught like that's good. Like that's kind of like. So you're trying to be a good person, but it's this weird way to just not deal with internal conflict, which I also I also will say like, oh, there's so much going on. I'm sorry. I, I scrolled up and I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get to everybody's messages. I'm so sorry. But like um, like there's there's uh, I just distracted myself with that. Um, Ronan said the Matrix was made by two trans women. So basically it's about breaking away from the cistern. A hundred percent. The cistern is so good. Which P.S. That's another joke I, I didn't realize is like the red pill is like apparently uh, hormone replacement therapy are like these little red pills, the most common like estrogen pill or something. And so it's like all these fucking, you know, weird fascists who have been like, we're taking the red pill. We hate women now or whatever is like, OK, I guess you don't realize what that movie was about. Um, uh, someone said uh, while most of us were in school having. Mixed race children was still illegal in Alabama. What? Yeah, it was illegal until 2000. Oh, I have to look that up. That's fucking crazy. Uh, I also feel like a piece of shit. Someone said because I'm a white person whining about how hard it is to talk about something when BIPOC people have been living this for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, again, this is what we're getting into is like empathy and pain at the injustice is is good like feel that just don't make it about that and stop that like that to me is the mental health. that's what i was talking about like a performative mental health thing it's like the point of to me this is how i think about it now or maybe i don't know this is how i think about it the point is not to stop at feeling better the point is not to just ameliorate the symptoms of my bad feelings or my craziness or whatever the point is to ameliorate them enough to make myself strong enough to go forth and do the things in the world that I wish to do to represent myself as the kind of person I wish to be and try to like do good works in the world, which again, maybe is sort of that Protestant shit that, that <laughs> fucking sunk in, but that like good work is its own reward. And that yeah, it's so there's a great, so Victor Frankl wrote that meaning in life is not pursued. It ensues. Mm -hmm. So meaning is not pursued. It ensues. Don't, Chase after things to make yourself feel like there's meaning in your life. You fucking do things, do things that are right. And as a result of doing that, experience of having meaning ensues. That's a really important distinction. I yes. I, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful, like, that's. I don't know. I guess like we have a lot of, I don't know. I've always had this thing of like, who, who are you? Who's your true self? Is it who you are inside or who is it like, or is it the works you do in the world is it like the things that you do. And more and more, it seems very yeah. evident. And obviously it's both, but like, and drawing those into alignment is probably like our life's work is to like make it one thing, but <sighs> there's no oh, way. Saint Paul, that, that's St. Paul's like of core struggle. You know, is it earth works or faith? Yeah. And, fucking works it fucking works anyway so i don't know getting around to all this i guess like the the, the like sort of theme thing so I'll, I'll settle down and we'll leave it's, it's after 11 but like um 
I was just thinking, you know, it made me really upset seeing, like, having this, even this internet interaction with a reactionary uh, acquaintance, you know? Like, it, it made me really fucking upset. I was like, how is it possible a real flesh and being human being that I've met, like, could could feel this way? Could could be so selfish, could be so reactionary, to get so suckered into this kind of thing. They said that, they ended up saying that my, uh, the things I posted were violent and hateful, and, <laughs> which fucking rocks. And, uh, and it made me feel fucking bad. And it's because I, and a lot of other, I think, nice people, well, no, I'm just what I'm saying. What? Of course it is. Of course, it's I'm just double speak. You know, like yeah, no, for sure. I I guess I'm just I'm just pointing out that like I know all that intellectually, but conflict still feels bad. Like we avoid the bad feeling of conflict, and I think this is a strong th- belief I have again about like the exploration of like consensual violence and and experiencing the fear your body experiences in conflict physically is also something to carry through, like mentally and emotionally, is to say like confronting people is uncomfortable confronting yourself is uncomfortable being engaged in conflict is uncomfortable and especially in like friendly liberal society there's a feeling that like just having bad feelings is something you're never going to get over you're never going to be able to talk about it you're going to hurt each other irreparably we can't have any negative anything like nothing heated you know good friends good good interactions should be allowed to sustain heated interaction heated debate and still know there's an underlying like faith commitment and love to each other and that you can grow out of these things. That being said, we have to be unafraid of that conflict, the kind that ends in a healing thing, and also the conflict that maybe ends in a drawing of a line of saying like, okay, dude, this fucking week has been pretty dope for revealing who among your friends are fucking fascists or just like think a certain way. I I think if you've been seeing – the police brutality and you've been seeing all this shit. If, if you see that old man who like there's, there's the, the counter story to the old man getting knocked down by the cops and, you know, basically almost dying. I mean, he's like a 75 year old man and he fucking cracks his goddamn head. It's terrifying. It's like the counter story that's being put out in the conservative press is that he's, he's a fucking Antifa agitator. And he, if you what? see him, he was tr- what? exactly, let's, let's exactly. Uh, oh fucking what? If that's fucking true, like which PS, the thing they say he's trying to do is using his uh cell phone to pick up their radio frequencies so they can listen to so Antifa can listen. And I'm like, dude, if what you're saying is true, he's a hero. And what you're saying is true and justifiable is that somebody wanting to be able to listen to what police are saying deserves being almost killed. And that's okay. I had- I had exactly this interaction where someone was like the known activist. And I w- it's like, so is George Washington, you fucking idiot. So what? What? Crazy. Anyway, sorry, we can do this forever. This is going to become, I, we're gonna, I mean, the branding is going to change. I don't know. It's going to, it's just going to be this. It's going to be the socialist rage I, hour. I, I don't know. One thing about kind of to, to loosely tie this to mental health is I would say, um, don't fragilize yourself and don't fragilize others. Moving through difficult waters is okay. Feeling uncomfortable, you know, having a couple of sleepless nights as you grapple with this, feeling depressed, anxious, while you grapple with these issues, that's okay. That's mm-hmm. part of the normal repertoire of human experience and behavior. And that's okay, you know? Like, we're at a kind of, I think, uh, 
We're at a pretty unique point in our nation's history. I, I think it's not hyperbole to say that. These things kind of come up once every 20, 30 years, and I think we're in one now. Yeah. It's okay if that makes you feel stabilized. Now, yeah. Do the things that you need to do to be a contributing member of society and take care of yourself, meaning think about your values, practice the skills that you need to regulate your emotions, but you know, the expectation that you're going to kind of move through the, all these things and feel fine and okay. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation and, and that's okay. You know, exactly. I totally agree. That is okay. Don't fragilize yourself is true. If you're feeling bad feelings, don't just think that the point is to avoid bad feelings. When you take, when you take fucking medication, it's not to just not feel depressed. It's to put yourself in a place that you're not completely debilitated from dealing with your feelings. You're just trying to become you're giving yourself the little extra help that your chemicals need to face your problems, not to just fucking disappear from them. And if you're on amounts of medication that straight up just numb it all out and you can't, then that's too much. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but that's what I think. And that should be, I think, our approach to life is like we're just trying to meet ourselves where we're at so that you can be the person you want to be in the world. Not just avoid fucking discomfort your whole goddamn life. I don't know. All right. This has been fun. Thanks, Dr. Nick. Uh, I'll post this one with last week's as well. I'm just going to do it today. I'm on, a, I'm on a roll. We'll just go into it. At noon, we're going to do yoga with Bray uh, on Instagram Live, I believe. Although maybe maybe we'll do that on Zoom today just so we can see people and we can see Bray. I'll, I'll probably do it on Zoom. I'll announce it. I'll put the link. It's the same link. We're going to keep the same one. So we'll do that. If anybody's around and wants to do quarantine cows, thanks. Bray is going to join us and teach us some, some yoga. Um, dude, thanks a lot. Thanks for going into it with me. I'll talk to you more this week. <laughs> Maybe we will shift around like the branding and what we're doing here because I don't know, man. The, the, the notion that we're just here to like settle our own brains is not enough for me. I don't know. Not enough. All right. I love you all. Thanks for being here. Self-care. Hydrate. Be well. Thanks, Dr. Nick. See ya. Thank you, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.